Hello and welcome to the Xbox World Strongcast. Uh, this week we're talking about Skyrim. This is a Skyrim Strongcast special. I'm Kurt Stormbeard, or as I'm commonly known in real life, Andy Hartup. Uh, I'm joined today by a number of uh, Skyrim players, and they will all introduce themselves and uh, tell you a little bit about who they are in Skyrim and in real life. So, Hello, I am Matthew Castle, games editor in the Future Game Studio, and I am a wood elf called Silvio, like, uh, who is like a an AA meeting already. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. A archery and stealth specialist. I, are we going real name first or pretend name? Pretend name uh, is One Eye, which I will explain <laughs> momentarily. I'm Tim Clark. I'm editor in chief at Future Games, and I am a Breton battle mage. They are words I never thought I'd speak uh, <laughs> in a public forum. Um, but yeah, he's called One Eye because he has literally got one eye. I did the blanked out one eye thing in the character creation menu, which I'd been planning to do for six months, having seen the film Valhalla Rising, which had a, like a Nordic sort of dude who had one eye in, and an axe, and <laughs> probably should pass the baton to Dan at this point. <laughs> I am, and I can scarcely believe you're making me say this, Dan von Beardstrom III... <laughs> Descended of Nord lineage from the two great forebears of my Nord tribe. Uh, my specialism is understanding the menu system and rapidly adapting to Skyrim's many weird ways within two days of playtime. Uh, and in another life, I'm editor of PSM3. Uh, I'm Andy Kelly. I'm games editor on the uh, Future Game Studio. And in another life, I am Andras, uh, loyal Stormcloak. Uh, native Nord, um, and I uh, am also what you could call a battle mage or a spell sword. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mix uh, destruction magic in my left hand and one-handed weapons in the right. Do you, Andy, do you always name characters after yourself? Is that a thing? Yeah, I always do like a vaguely fantasy-sounding version of my own name. So I'm Andras. Plus, it sounds kind of Nordic. That reminds me, because Leon Hurley, who I used to work with on official PlayStation, always painstakingly creates his own face in any character creation <laughs> menu which I always thought was beside the point there's me trying to make a, a film star Nordic warrior but Leon just yeah makes his own beautiful face do you yeah, think that's quite, quite, quite weird quite silly Leon I never do that <laughs> <laughs> looks to floor uh, I do it in every game I play I always make me Maybe, like that's like, maybe that's like an inverted look type split. Maybe it's like... Well, I made like a big, uh, strong-chinned, blonde-bearded, you know, Viking type, and that's definitely not what I well, am. I, norm I normally always play as the prettiest lady I can imagine because I'm deeply unsure of my sexuality and like to look at pretty pretty <laughs> ladies. But it's, it's weird. Does anyone actually play in third person? Because it's sort of no. pointless, isn't it? Yeah. I just like spending the camera around looking at my new gear occasionally, well, admiring if, it. Well, I, there's a problem with that because I... I should have mentioned earlier that I am the Archmage of uh, Winterhold. Is it Winterhold or Winterhall? Winterhold. Uh, Winter I wondered why you were Yeah, well, and I've also been wearing that metal mask that, if you haven't played it, you, you get for finishing that line of quests. But there's a glitch in it. This will surprise you, a glitch in a Bethesda Game Studios <laughs> thing. That means your head completely disappears. Yeah. You wander around as like a disembodied... Yeah, because the gun. mask comes with a hood, and so it confuses with the hood on the 
Archmage so, so the solution is just to have no face good, <laughs> <laughs> good bug test so um, yeah well thanks for introducing yourself everyone um, the um, I, I'm also a, a battle mage as well and <laughs> it seems to be a very popular combination um, but first of all we're going to talk about just generally what we think of scoring what have Bethesda done right what have they done wrong have they lived up to the hype of the game um, a lot of games have come out this year, like a lot of really, really big games. The general feeling is that the majority of them haven't quite lived up to the hype that built that was built up to them. But I have I have spoken to a lot of people about Skyrim, and it seems to be one of the few games that has actually delivered. I mean, what do you all think about that? Should we, do, should we quickly say how much of us, how much all of us have played to give us an angle of how we much can we've do experienced that when we're talking about our little anecdotes in the game? Yeah, all right. I think in a funny way, like um, I went into it with quite low expectations because I'd previously, despite really wanting to like both Oblivion and Fallout, because I, I like the idea of these enormous worlds where you could do anything and inhabit them and that were, were incredibly freeform, I just found them between the combination of sort of bugginess and looking a bit ropey at times and having sort of slightly janky engines that would glitch a bit, that combined with what I found to be anyway really opaque menus and inventories that felt like really from a PC sort of heritage, I just couldn't get on with them and found like I almost just would bounce out of them after a couple of hours. But having like interviewed, I think it was Todd Howard at uh, E3 and he was saying how much work they'd done on the menu stuff to make it much more user friendly for console people that combined with like I'd watch loads of Games of Thrones and mm. wanted to be I wanted to give like a big fantasy sort of epic another go but for me it's like more it's more than lived up to what I expected and I've got this right now this weird sort of hot feeling in my head like my brain's too big for my skull where I want to just rush home and do loads of stuff which I, I find like I only really rarely get with big RPGs and I think it's almost mm. unique to RPGs because it's the sheer as gamers, we're addicted to getting... We're like mice in the maze wanting that new bit of cheese in terms of an, an extra item or levelling up to grab a new perk. And I've got that real obsession on at the moment. It's, to the point of... I've got a lot of, a lot of that sort of cheese in it. I'm, take, I'm taking home lists... Sorry, Matt. I'm taking home lists printed off of Reddit with mm. things to do. Like, it's a sort of second job. And I know it's this sort of cliche <laughs> of going, oh, people just get enveloped in games like this, but you really, really do in a way that I just don't think you you do do with, with a modern warfare. And I guess you might do with the online side and that, but... No, I agree, and I think I think going back to what you said about the menus in, in particular, it does make a huge difference because Oblivion was great, and I know a lot of people, myself included, who put over 100 hours into it. But going through Oblivion's menus was like opening up a big tome, so you stuck a tome down on the on the desk and you were flicking through to see how many petty soul gems you'd got, and it was a bit, you know, it, it wasn't great. But whereas in Skyrim it feels almost like you, you're playing with a, an iPhone, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's that makes a big difference because Skyrim is a game where you spend a lot of time, you know, micromanaging your kit and in many. They made a specific reference to wanting to take design cues from Apple and iTunes, but also <coughs> I think with the perk stuff, I think that I mean that's lifted almost directly out of Final Fantasy Thirteen's Crystarium, isn't it? And it's like yeah. dead, it's dead nice to look at and dead satisfying to interact with. You just want that kind of ding of getting yeah. something <laughs> of something new. What about you, Matt? How have you found it? Yeah, I was well. I was a I was a big fan of Fallout Three, and I've always been uh, one of these people who kind of I, I hate it when people pick on Bethesda games for their small little problems. You know, it's, it's the you mm. know the inability to see the bigger picture or get distracted by these tiny little kind of goofs in the world. But I actually had sort of I had that experience when I started playing Skyrim. You know, for the first I've, I've only played it for about six hours, so. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a bit of a beginner, but for the first few hours, I was just, 
I don't know, kind of like this disappointment, I guess it was, of seeing this amazing world and looking around it, but then everything that is alive in that world is just completely wrong. You know, whether it's the kind of movement of a character or the voice of the characters, which is, you know, a major kind of bugbear in the way that all the accents are all over the place. You know, you get a kind of family of, you know, a sort of Nordic kind of roots and they're all sort of slightly Germanic in their kind of accents. And then you've got a kid with this sort of horrible kind of Texan drawl or something. You know, just like, how did this happen? You know, where, where did this where did this this come from? I, you know, uh, and it seems really petty to, to pick it up on those things, but it, it has begun to sort of sort of come together for me. Bizarrely, I was, uh, I was just walking down a river and at the side of the river, and it was really calm and quiet, and there was a little bit of music playing, and I saw some salmon jumping up some rocks, and I saw a fox running around, and it was just like, oh, I'm actually really at peace here, and it was really kind of calming, and I finally kind of got the world, but then I met a person, and it all went. I think I think the more you get involved with, with a game like Skyrim, the more you're willing to sort of paper over the cracks, mm. um, and if you're sort of really into it, you almost don't care that... The person stood opposite you in like really sort of ancient Nordic clothes is talking to you in a, yeah. a cut Californian it's, it's, accent. It's funny, it's not normally something that that gets me. And there was something actually, I think it was in the Edge review. It sort of said you almost sort of you, you almost have to sort of, con, sort of conspire with the game to make it work. You're like it's mm. almost any piece of video game like a pact between the player and the. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but I, this, the, for whatever reason, I found this one more jarring. You know, I, I, I guess it was because I, mean, I think the opening to Bethesda games are always rough. Like because they, I think Bethesda are at their weakest when they're trying to do scripted moments in a world which is fundamentally built for freedom. So anything which is story, I'll, I'll take it over. And the voices haven't really bothered me at all. And I think like you, I, I find the people in a game that's hundreds of hours long and that big, people go, like, I found a glitch video, I'm putting it on the internet, mm. I find sort of deeply tedious, but compared to like Fables, like sort of tedious British kind of, all right, me old China, but do you want to buy some cabbages? But so. that's a fixed That's a fixed idea of a world, that's a complete, you know... It's a really annoying one. Maybe so, but at least it's coherent, you know. It, I find it very hard for someone to, when they go, I want you to invest, you know, this is going to be your second fantasy life, but in my second fantasy life, you know, I don't have kind of people sort of standing stock still for five minutes as they sort of chirp out. There's there's a technical reason for the voice thing where um, every race and age and sex combo has a voice actor. So every male nod will sound like the Germanic guy, will sound like Schwarzenegger. You must go to Riverwood (laughs) and collect (laughs) 10 mushrooms. That's exactly what I thought it was. was They're meant to be this vast place and they come from different parts. The American accent. You go to London and hear people speaking loads of different accents and go, well, this is... That's why I don't go to London. I stay in Bath. What you describe as American accents are... Uh, Elder Scrolls version of people from Cyrodiil or Imperials from the Heartland. Mm. So any American accent is uh, is someone from has Imperial roots. Yeah, exactly. But what they've done is for the, yeah for the kids they haven't recorded a kid voice for every race. They've only done it for one type. So that's why all the kids are like yeah. American. I just don't like I just yeah. don't like Bethesda's kids. I've always hated. I them. don't speak they're, to the kids. In it. I, they're why horrible. I've got. They're not going to have anything to sell. They're not going to have any weapons. <laughs> you, might you might accidentally. You can't kill them, can you? No. I've got no track whatsoever with the voices, the inconsistencies, because let's face it, Skyrim isn't a real place. So, like, it's <laughs> what? not like... And you I, said I you weren't going to be like this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's simply that if I watch a film about the Queen and it's being acted by... Uh, 
Angelina Jolie and she's sort of like, good day, y'all, I'm the queen. That would be like really weird <laughs> for many reasons. I'm not, I'm not green lighting that yeah. project. I'm not, I'm not that would be weird because it's an obvious inconsistency yeah, yeah. based on the reality I experience of meeting the queen all the time. But I do agree with your point about the game initially makes you feel like an alien maybe more so than other games. It's an interesting point about the pact. I feel like Dennis Quaid and Enemy Mine in the start of that. <laughs> where I've, I've, like my spaceship has crashed. It's quite, quite a, quite a yeah. reference. I'm on an one. inhospitable alien world being peppered with meteors and my only friend is my sworn enemy who speaks a weird alien language. But, but it's alien because other games aren't like that because they're so prescriptive and spoon-feedy. Like, I mean, really, you're just in a world that's fairly recognisable from almost any fantasy fiction with the promise being made that you can go anywhere, talk to anyone and do anything and they live up to that promise. I think you're right because my other problem with those the previous games is the sheer amount of scope you can feel it unfurl in a sort of badly textured way in those ones in front of you and I just I know what you mean you didn't know where to start or, and there's no hand holding at all there's no even no, concession no. to it one of the things like I I discovered like I mean I'm like 30 hours in now probably and I discovered maybe 10 hours in was that you could favourite I mean I know it's there in the menus but when you favourite spells and items and stuff they go on your little d-pad menu and mm. the, b- before it had been an utter ball like if in any, any combat I was stopping every two seconds to go switch back to healing switch my mace back on or whatever but having them on the d-pad but the stuff like that you, you would just be so obvious you'd have to do like a you'd have to go to d-pad school or in most games wouldn't yeah. you be painstaking yeah. it's, talked through it's it it's quite quite an interesting point that because Sky, Skyrim's opening is much shorter than the one in Oblivion. In Oblivion, it takes you about an hour to get out of the sewers. In Skyrim, it takes you ten minutes. Then you you sort of out on See your a own. See dragon, and then you're off. And there's you? no there's no real <clears throat> explanation as to the game's intricacies at all. Even even down to the favouriting stuff in the menus. I mean, it's very poorly explained. Now, whereas we'd we'd go to another game, say, um, e- even say a Call of Duty, and and say. Well, you never told me how to shoot, or you never told me how to run. You know, this is completely unacceptable. Like we've talked about before, like Battlefield. When you go online, you don't know how to play. There's no tutorial telling mm. you how to play Rush or how to play Conquest. But in Skyrim, I'd argue the point that it's actually a strength that it lets you discover these things on its, its, it's own. It's definitely a deliberate because it's all built, yeah, built, it's into the, built into yeah. the built into the whole sort of ethos. But, but the of result is, the you had, I mean, I was talking to Matt the other day, and he said he'd been playing what for five or six hours, and you hadn't run anyway. So you didn't <laughs> no, know, I just didn't didn't know there was a run. I just thought, you know, my wide, my widest point with it is, and I guess I'm here like the alien on planet Earth to say I don't understand your language or game you all find so kind. Uh, it's just that you know, for example triangle in every other game well football game is through ball or like counter or something uh, and here it's jump inexplicably l3 is go really slow and like that stuff's not really explained um and i just find that that's slightly bewildering and i think a lot of other games do better jobs of wanting people to be part of the universe but i take the broader counterpoint as in it's brutally uncompromising and that eventually is part of its charms because you go wow it compromises to no man but within its own world, the rules are great and consistent. But they're building it for an audience, and that audience, when you look at the sales now, is pretty darn big, isn't it? Because, yeah. I mean, it's sold like a... I think it's, I was reading on PC, it had sold more than it had done on all formats for Oblivion, so it's, it's clearly one of the biggest games of the year, so I think they know what they're doing. But, but with, with regards to that, they're building it for a certain audience, and this is where I'm, I'm going to ask Dan to come in and tell us his, his opinion on Skyrim as like a... A Bethesda game virgin, essentially. Um, and 
is is that if you if you don't make your game accessible, it's diff- more difficult to grow the audience. Obviously, because you know if you're catering to the same people again and but again, it is more accessible, and they have grown the audience, and that will be their defense. They have definitely grown the audience, but just just to bring Dan in, Dan, you've you've not played a Bethesda game properly. I mean, you've you've had <laughs> well, a go, you've had a quick stab at Fallout, and <laughs> yeah, and a, a, you might have played a bit of Oblivion, but you're giving Skyrim a serious go. I mean, what what do you make of it, sort of coming in? To share, to share with fresh. you my previous Bethesda and Fallout experience, the Fallout experience was spend ages installing Fallout, <laughs> start game, get born, get asked to make character, turn off console. Get, well, mine was only a little bit further. It was go to town, get burnt to death by fire ants about <laughs> ten times and then go, this ain't for me. And so right as I switched it off. <laughs> Broad, more broadly, and in the interim since then, this is what made me think I could handle Skyrim. Through the office pipeline, I got wheedled onto the idea of trying Mass Effect. Like, you'll like it. And I actually like sci-fi, so I thought, you know what? That's a massive 60-hour game that's incompatible with my lifestyle, but I'll give it a whirl. And because I was willing to let love in with it, despite initially it being hugely indecipherable and all the different races talking about the Krogan and God knows what, and me going, oh, what's going on? Eventually, I broke that down and understood it, and then I loved it, and I adored it. And I thought, well, if, if Skyrim can do the same to me, Finally, you know, I won't hate fantasy anymore because broadly, I don't understand and largely hate fantasy. I've just got a massive block with it. It's because Mass Effect is essentially 90% a third-person shooter and you've got that en- entry point, whereas Skyrim is, you know... I, th- I, th- I think it's to, more, do with the, more complex. to do with the universe because the Mass Effect universe is, is incredibly sort of bold sci-fi and it's very sort of in line with like Battlestar Galactica, things like that. Yeah. Where, whereas... You know, you, you have to be you have to be interested in the fantasy setting of but of Skyrim. It's not just that, but also, but I think one one of the if you're going to compare Bioware and Bethesda, I think Bioware are much better at pacing their universes in terms of they have like cultures on planets. Like you you know you'll meet Krogan or whatever, and they'll go like I Krogan, ha ha, and you know that's all fine. But then when you go to the Krogan planet, that's where you actually get the meat of like Krogan lore, you know, or you it, you actually you know it's that sci-fi idea yeah, of taking yeah, you where you yeah. l- you have a mini adventure which has like a theme where you learn about it. I think uh, I think Skyrim and all the Bethesda things are a little bit kind of, all the lore is in this yeah. world. There's it's no, up to there's you no to find it. There's no pacing in a Bethesda no, well, The that, pacing is uh, determined you by pace you. You pace it, but that's, yeah. yeah it's, but that's you, how can you pace it if you don't know what... You've got to have some well, idea. Well, because you, or, you pace it, I think, by accident, and they rely on the amount, the amount of content that's in there. Almost naturally, there's only so much distance between finding two interesting things at any one point, so you're always going to be stumbling across cool stuff. Mm. I think that's kind mm. of it. I mean, I, I say that as someone who absolutely loves Mass Effect, but at the same mm. time... Would feel it would be kind of it could become a bit prescriptive because you know you'd go to a planet you'd work through an arc of missions and you'd do that and you kind of gradually would tick all the things which which kind of all RPGs do to a degree. Mm. I, I know exactly what you mean about Skyrim. Now, I'm quite new to it as well, and at times it is bracing and you do feel a little bit lost to the point of not even really knowing what to do next. Mm. But the more you acclimatise to it, the more I think you do start yeah. telling your own strange little stories. Like I like I said, I've, I went and did the um, the big major arc up in the the Harry Potter school, and I've gradually sort of going back to the thing I was saying about a pact earlier you sort of fill in the gaps of the story yourself like I've kind of I initially wasn't sure I wanted to be this magic focused but now I've sort of become the boss of Hogwarts and in my <laughs> mind I'm sort of telling myself well they don't know but I've sort of gone a bit evil because I'm joining the Dark Brotherhood as well so this character is gradually becoming fleshed out the more I play mm, yeah. the more time mm. I spend in the world so, well, so how are really you finding, well, this is, you know, finding the leap? From, from loading it up and thinking that took a long time to load and install but so do all games that's fine um, I quite like sitting in the 
the rattly cart looking at the men telling me stuff. And I understood that and that was fine. I didn't know what they were talking about, who the bloke on my right was, but I had an idea about it. Then eventually you get to the bit where, oh, look, there's a dragon. That's quite exciting. And then, you know, it's choose your character. So I'm thinking, well, great. I'll choose my character. This is my first character in one of these type of games and I'm going to live with him for what I'm told is 180 hours. So I want to feel fairly <laughs> badass. And then of my selections, one is a cat who I find out on Twitter can grow a beard. Two is a lizard man. Three of them look like spindly elves. There's maybe an orc. And there's like, I'd say of the characters, two who represent normal human beings. One of them looks slightly deformed. The other's a giant Nordic man. So I'm, I'm basically railroaded into choosing the Nordic. Only by your own lack of uh, set adventure. Who wants to play as a cat for 180? A bearded cat? It's, it's a, what normal man would choose a bearded girl, cat? My girlfriend plays, plays as Khajiit. Well, what, what, do you mean, <laughs> what, what do you mean, what normal man? Though? I mean, it's not... Uh, you, it's it's a, a refusal if, to embrace a fantasy world. If you can't accept that, that it's a bit weird and alien, then why play if, it? If a bearded cat sat in this podcast, would you in no way think that was weird? I, I don't. I, you, I, I don't understand your logic. It, yeah, it would be weird, but this is the real world. This isn't Skyrim. <laughs> this isn't a, a fantasy universe where dragons exist and you can fire flames out of your fingers. <laughs> but I, 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 I tell you what. I tell you what is strange with any sort of game which has a character creation thing that especially one that's quite diverse and also games which ask you to pick difficulty levels is going into it unless you do like a bit of research before on the internet it's really hard to prejudge yeah in what way you want to sort of go and i think one of the great things about skyrim is that although you feel like initially that choice is like a big deal because are you going to go with this race because they're a bit more magically disposed it's actually not it's actually like a really minor no, no. active effect that it applies but after that you can take by choosing different things in the big star constellation you can totally tailor your character and i think the thing they do even over like if we're going to go back to comparing it with something like Mass Effect, the scope for making different kinds of characters is vast compared to any other RPG. I can yeah, think even of. compared to Oblivion, by the, by the time you leave the first dungeon in Oblivion, you've dis, you've picked your star sign, your class, your base stats. What's clever about Skyrim is that all you pick is your race and whatever bonus comes with that. The rest, which is minor, really, it's yeah. equivalent to having like a nice ambulance. With the but rest you make yourself. What's interesting is I didn't know that decision was minor. Well, I no, thought exactly, it might be yeah, exactly, yeah. And yeah. that is, but in the same way, like I said, it's loads of games. I think make that problem of going, how difficult do you want the game to be? And you go, I don't know. I've not even played it yet. Like, yeah, <laughs> medium, and then, maybe. And then again, <laughs> I, was, I chose the man. And again, I'm like Leon. I like to design a man who looks vaguely like me, the super me. If I was to exercise, work out, and eat well, and was Nordic. Um, and so like I'm thinking I want to make this man look a bit more like me I couldn't even see the option on the first screen to do that which I've been retrospectively told was there but I couldn't even decipher it all I saw was press X to continue so I chose Nord press X and it's like well you're a fully formed man now get on with it you can't blame the game for that at the very top well I can because I didn't see it at the very top of the screen there's two trigger icons saying press the triggers to move between but maybe you're maybe you're versed in that law I couldn't see it that was what the the, the law of the L button the icon that's on every controller I'll tell you what I didn't understand that is familiar to Bethesda other games one of the things that put me off was Fallout. I remember getting to the, the whatever the big city was in it, and I was carrying every single thing in the world that I'd found and picked up. Yeah, I do games, that because games do teach you if you can pick it up, you probably need it. And you look yeah. and you go, "Well, there's a value attached. It's got that's got an ability." And you go, oh, "Oh, I'll just have it all and I'll deal with it later." And then you get there and it goes, "You are over encumbered." And you go, yeah. "Well, I don't know what to throw away." Like it's like saying, "Burn half your house down." Like I don't know which bits to be a really important piece of cheese. Well, so now I've taken to like using because you can have your little companion person following you around, so just loading them up like a 
like a depressed sort of spouse going like you carry my wallet and you and you don't moan about it all right so the problem is then you're even more beholden to keep these idiots alive because otherwise you're left with a, a pile yeah. of bones and all your gear well, on I the just, floor and... I just approached that even when I played Oblivion I just approached that logically I went why would my adventurer need ten wooden spoons worth one gold each uh, but I might need that potion because that's a useful potion that's a weapon I, 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 don't, I don't need all those tank cards because they're not used I just thought about it logically I you don't... say that as the man who said to me once you're friends with someone rob everything in their house and sell it and you were loaded up to the absolute rafters yeah, stuff, tank on, stuff at value you know so if you think about if you got it for the purpose <laughs> I want to sell a lot of silverware you nick a lot of silverware you don't just pick it up because you I see think, it I think I read on the internet someone saying that in terms of when you're picking stuff up only pick up things that are worth like a hundred times their weight so yeah. if it's like got a weight of that's a good uh, discipline 10 it should be worth 100 it's funny if you're working out if it's worth 0.3 of a weight and you're working out how much you can uh, no it's proper it's not worth it it's not worth it's only worth 43 gold your brain gets trained as you, as you play the game more like I'm 60 hours in your, your brain is trained that the instant a chest contents pops up I don't in an instant I've decided what's of value to, there's, there's you know, definitely the, you know what to leave and what to take you just go like that you, you're trained to there's definitely you know. a flip a switch which flips at some point where you just become so used to the system so I think the things you're finding frustrating just evaporate and at yeah. that point you're hooked and I, I kind of do hope you stick with it because there's someone else who's obviously rejected their previous games like to now be in that world is is really good fun and the the thing about as a side question because to me like you've seen like I guess what was Mass Effect 2 probably game of the year last year for a lot of people yeah I mean it was, yeah, it was yeah, a big yeah, deal yeah. Yeah. it yeah, seems yeah. to me now often these RPGs are becoming incredibly dominant in terms of people's affections you saw the excitement for Skyrim it was topping loads of games of the most wanted games of the year type polls and you see other games absorbing these RPG elements and it seems to me like there's something about the RPG genre now which is becoming almost dominant I've phrased that incredibly badly no but, I but what I wanted to say was because there's been some other criticism of games like Uncharted or and mm. I found like frustration with Gears games which don't have these kind of systems and layers for you to explore and to learn and to kind of work out how you're going to get the most out of I find now increasingly quite boring if there's no possible scope for progression and oh, that's a really I, I, no, I, I think it's a really say. interesting point the idea of it being it's an obscenely uncompromising arcane but try, striving to be a mass market game it's, it just yields in no weight I it think. is mass market now yeah isn't it? it is well, it, it, it is it's going but I think the, the mass market's come out of the, you look at the UK sales it's sold more than a lot of the big shooters this year like bullet storms etc uh, crisis sex sold games oh, like I predict confidently now it'll outsell Battlefield but I, I wonder how many of those are like what would be the traditional mass market who might just come into the market for a FIFA or a Modern Warfare? I think the average Joe who bought those games would buy Skyrim and go, holy wowzer, this is just mind-blowing. But their audience only needs to be as big as, say, the audience of people who would read the Lord of the Rings books. And for a lot of people, well, exactly, the Lord of the Rings yeah. books, mm-hmm. they're too long and boring. Or, yeah, it's exactly. the point of it. it the audience it, is big enough already. It delights and doesn't pander to the crowd who are already sort of willing to accept it and absolutely delights them. And I think, you know, and I, I, I'm a man who's like, I'm being slightly glib, as in, well, not glib, I hate fantasy. But I do understand and appreciate games. So I'm torn between... Why do pe- you hate fantasy? I just, just buys it. It's just so beardy and withered and just all tired. I just find it really tired and uncool and... not it's in a way like, fun, I find it very cool. formal. It's not, it's not very like... straight. It's very straight. Space is cool. Yeah. You come on. Like, it, it makes me feel like the biggest jock quarterback at the hottest American but, college. But if you were into that sort of subject, Matt, I was thinking about this the other day, and I think... To me, it is like the purest role-playing game there is, because partly because of its high fantasy setting, yeah, and also because of the sheer like diversity of what you can choose. 
if you were ever like a kid who was into Dungeons and Dragons or Warhammer or you read Lord of the Rings or now you're watching Game of Thrones, it's an unbelievable promise to fulfill to those guys to go, we've actually made you a whole world like that in a mm-hmm. way that no other, mm-hmm. like there isn't an equivalent sci-fi world, no one's done a version of the real world that's like that. So you know, I, can, I know what you mean, it would be nice if you were to see those sort of things and I'm sure like in... 10, 15 years. That's that's what I was trying to sort of push to earlier. Sort of, I think RPG is mm. going to come to dominate, and you'll get different settings. It's, done that. it's a difficult. You look at say you compare it to something like uh, mainstream TV, <clears throat> where something like Lost was a breakthrough mainstream success, but at core was a kind of sci-fi geek project with an incredibly dense backstory. He managed to broach that to the mainstream by telling broad interest human stories anyone could relate to. In my experiences so far, I'm not getting that from Skyrim. But I can see why people appreciate it. I just mm. think there's they can go up from the base they've got. They can go up to a level. They go, we can bring you all to understand it's, it's tricky, what this isn't it? game wants. They do, they do have to rely on the player to tell the the story. So the, the things you the things you come across kind of sort of vaguely melodramatic, sort of pot boilery type stuff, isn't it? Certainly in terms of a lot of the little side quests. Mm. Because to try and do something really subtle to try and make like a, a wire. For, for video oh, games, yeah, yeah. You, just that there isn't that scope for interaction of kind of giving like a wry glance to try and steer the conversation in another way. You you end up with something potentially like Heavy Rain, which can feel, you know, sets up shop in the Uncanny Valley. Much as I loved it, I wouldn't. Mm. It didn't feel real. Do you know what I mean? Even though it had pretensions mm. to being real. Well, I think Skyrim is the, the story is designed to be like you are playing out what is going to become legend in that world. It's like an epic poem you're part of. You're not part of a subtle human story. You're part of a grand... But by choosing the trad setting, I think a lot of the problems they had, or a lot of the things, the issues you feel with like it feeling um, unwelcoming and confusing, if they, hadn't go, if they didn't go for such a trad setting, they would be even more exacerbated because you'd, at least you know well I'm in a fantasy world there's dragons mm. and there's soldiers and mm. there's wizards mm. so you already understand a lot of those things because they're yeah. so familiar as tropes yeah. from yeah. that kind of world if you were to invent like a completely new Hunter S. Thompson style hallucination yeah, yeah. fest and go now explore that yeah. I'd suggest it might be just, more difficult for me <clears throat> I need more of a, I need a foothold because I go in and it's like now, friend, proceed to the quaff of Carlsberg in the region of Twiddleplot. And then you go there, and I'm going, walking up the hill, and I'm like, oh, what are the buttons? Oh, a spider attacks me. Oh, no, why am I even going there? Then you but go don't, there, don't you think part which of, of the you million don't, blokes don't you think is there? Because you, you, know, you know it's so big. You're sort of looking for it to be like that, so that you can go, well, it's not for me. You kind of want it to no. fail a little bit. No, I want it. Bit. No, 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 seriously. I know you want me to say that. I want it. I want it's to like I it. I want to like it. But what was interesting, going back to what we said earlier, when it is sort of came alive in my mind last night because this is something not in, I can directly relate with relate to but it's a, a broader principle it's like I'm in a village I meet a lady and she goes oh there's a man in the pub who plays a lute and he's, he's being a little bit sexually suggestive and coming on a bit strong could you go and have a word and then like not that I do this in life go around <laughs> pubs saying I'll defend you on a young maiden but I thought I can understand that so yes I will go into the pub see the man playing the lute he's a bit full of himself and then you get the option to like verbally persuade him offer him money I'm not, not offering him any money I'm going to sort this out the man's way with fists then I end up in some like vaguely ridiculous first person dancing fighting scene where I'm running around <laughs> popping punches in his face with our one and our one but you duff him up he falls to the floor and goes I've been bested my friend by you <laughs> and then he you know and you go out to the girl and she goes well I'm glad he's off the scene have some money and I'm like, that's a good story. That's quite fun. Mm. I could explain that anecdote from the game to probably anyone, and they go, "That sounds like fun." Like it's it's like a way into the well, world. That, for me. That's a good mixture of that. There's the mixture of massive 
fantasy quests, and there's also loads of little human stories dotted around. Yeah. There's hundreds exactly that of lives to stories. get involved in. I think, I think that going back to what Tim was saying earlier about other games, not about RPGs becoming quite dominant, it's because they they offer they offer a, an answer to um, to an increasingly asked question in games, which is why can't I? So if you're playing Call of Duty and you come up against the wall and you're not allowed to fight beyond the wall because that's the limit of the games world, you say, well, why can't I fight beyond the wall? Why can't I go around and do that? Or, you know, even if you're Batman, you're like, well, why can't I go outside of Arkham City? So, I mean, Skyrim deliberately answers that through its enormous game game world and the amount of content it packs in. And a lot of other RPGs are doing the same. That's why we're seeing, I think, so many RPG elements creeping into other games and sort of, you know, a lot a lot of the more successful games now are incorporating RPG-like elements, like even things like Call of Duty Online, where you build your character yourself and you know you, you perk them out how you want and Resistance change your weapons. Resistance three, the more you use a gun, the better it upgrades. Exactly. You know. Well, we'll um, we'll leave that to sort of draw a little line under what we think of Skyrim. <laughs> now, now that we're all agreed. <laughs> now that we're all agreed, it's brilliant. <laughs> I haven't got started. <laughs> and we will move on to talk about. Some of the mo- some of the things that we've done in Skyrim, and obviously you you guys and girls listening at home, you may have done these things, you may not have done these things. So, just as a little caveat, there will probably be spoilers here. Um, but no, so no big no big story. No, stuff. We're, we're not no we're not going to do any story, story stuff, but we are going to talk about cool things that have happened to us while we've been playing. So, if you don't want to hear those, uh, skip on. So, Andy, you've sunk how many hours into this I think so far? Just over 60, 63, 64. Because I, 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 just to just to be clear, I, I got the game... Nervous laugh. <laughs> yeah. I got the game two weeks before it came out, so I had a head start on everyone else. I, you know, I've not... This isn't since launch, because it's only, it's only been out for three days. So... I stayed up till 3am the other night on a work night, and I got out... I'd stopped playing at, like, half 12, because I'd set myself a bedtime. I'm 35 years old, I should, I should add in at this point. <laughs> set myself a bedtime, then I read a bit of internet in bed, and then I got out of bed at 2am oh, to read... Really? Oh, no. ...to recommence playing, even though my eyes <laughs> oh, and head were burning. What, tell me, I'm interested on a human level. What went through your mind to make you go, I am getting up, but I'm going to do it now? <laughs> do you know what? It's exactly the cheese... It's exactly the cheese mason, because I've been... So, at various times, I was, I was trying to become the Archmage of Winterhold, because I had this promise, Andy had said to me at work, like the evil bastard he is, that you get these archmage robes, so I had to have them. Yeah, 100% so now, Magicka. Exactly, yeah, Magicka region. So I, and then at the moment, I've been in a similar bind because I'm doing the Dark Brotherhood stuff and I'm desperate to get this spectral assassin spell where you summon like a ghost assassin who follows you around once a day, just murking people. Right. And once you decide you want that, then you start just ploughing through these quests to get to... Get to that bit like a madman, but yeah, I've become like the clumsiest assassin in all of the all of the um, <laughs> the, the kingdom because I'm in such a rush to get to the stuff. They go like, "Well, you need you can use the poisoned arrow, and if you find a vantage point, and I'll just roll straight into town, <laughs> batter the target to death with an enormous max. People will be shrieking and running around. And you just go, "What's the fine? All right, thousand gold, and on we go." Yeah, I, I did that as well because my my character's not built for stealth. He's a heavy armor guy, so these missions are built for sneaking and being yeah. sneaky. And you could do it, you know, the, the game's open enough that I could start being good at sneaking but I just ran in well I've, I've, I, sneaked one, I did sneak one with the poison and that was quite cool but there's a little <coughs> again sort of spoiler so when you start joining the Dark Brotherhood you've you've killed a, a school teacher actually who's 
who's theoretically evil, but it's called like Grellod the Grellod kind. the kind, which and rang a slight warning bell with me. <laughs> but the kids, the kids, the kids at the orphanage team, please. Once I'd battered her to yeah, death, they all run over. Going, She's dead. <laughs> yeah. You've saved us. So, no more lessons. So that, <laughs> in a lo- another lovely touch uh, during the night, of course you get... they're all starved to death now because yeah. there's no one to feed them. But you know, I'll screw those kids. Not literally. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wake up in the night and someone visits you from the Dark Brotherhood, who's the like the mentor lady. And she starts saying, oh, I know you're a murderer and you're great at doing murders and do you want to do some more murders? I go, yeah, I'd love to do some murders. She visits you in bed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the she, game? Yeah, she's like sat up in the reef like on a raft. It, it, hang on now, because yeah. I've not even, I'm so not far into it. I don't even know how to grab. Come I don't on, even, you've got, I've got I don't a even, bed by yeah. Every time I go to bed, someone owns it and I'm thinking of Goldilocks and the yeah, seven bears. You need to get Because you, 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 you don't live in Skyrim, you don't have a bed. You've got to either rent one or buy a house. It's just logical. I'll just quickly finish my story. She takes you this wooden shack in the middle of nowhere and says you've got to prove your murderiness or she says you've got to that was our job to murder that person so you need to do one of ours for us mm. and she's got three people lined up with like execution hoods on and they're all going well don't murder me I'm not I don't shouldn't be murdered and you can talk to them a bit if you want to sort of try and decide which one should be murdered and like, I, th- one of them, I think yeah. the trick is that none of them should, well one of them did seem particularly yeah, despicable but, but yeah so anyway I think oh, I've got all these so I'm in the inventory going well, what should I I'm, I'm, I'm in no doubt obviously I'm going to kill one of them that didn't even yeah. go through my mind <laughs> so I'm going to the inventory should I use the axe or should I use the bow and arrow and I go, no I'll go I'm a magic guy so I'll go magic right but I pick the chain lightning spell which I hadn't really thought about which leaps from one enemy to the other oh, no. so I electrify the guy in the middle and the lightning goes and like kills all three of them like flat dead and she's like oh, I, I knew you've surpassed all my expectations of you you're clearly a, Amazing. A, t- a total psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. At Mr. Bean, the executioner. That's yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's comedy music following me. And the worst is I've got this. So I've got one of these companions, and it's one of your beloved cat people, Dan. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah, the yeah. cat's following me around. Yeah. So these yeah. murders going. Oh, we shouldn't be in this house. It's like <laughs> keep quiet, kitty. There's some uh, some yeah. murdering's going to be happening. So yeah. The cat is. I can't bring myself to dismiss the cat because it's like I said, it's carrying half my gear. But if you give them the gear, they'll like they'll use it if it's better than what they've already got. Right. So I gave the cat my magic crown just to hold, and the cat is now wearing the damn really? crown. Really? So we oh, look at the, 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 the jagged crown or whatever. The, oh, it's, yeah. it's the crown of savants or something. Does so that, we walk, does we that the cat some abilities. Uh, yeah. Gives, yeah, it helps his magic. But so we walk into any yeah. new town. I'm there in like my sort of terrifying looking metal mask <laughs> and hoods, and there's the cat next to me with the, this crown. I'm going, hello. <laughs> 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 I hope we're going somewhere warm. <laughs> Shut up, you're making this look stupid. <laughs> Have you guys got companions? Yeah, yeah the, I picked up... The, one, the, one of the first companions everyone picks up is Lydia. So when you become... If you do some certain missions for the Yarl of Whiterun, you become the Thane of Whiterun, which is like sort mm. of like a boss. Can you be like the Thane of everywhere? No, so not that I... You know, maybe. I'm not that you, I've discovered. You can become Thanes in different places, like yeah. I'm I'm working towards being one in Solitude. Oh, well, there you go. The Thane of Solitude. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's a good title. Yeah, it's good. Good. I want that. Introducing yourself as you walk into you have, the pub. You have to buy I'm a house, the of Solitude. <laughs> you have to buy a house in Solitude, and it costs you 25 grand. Yeah. Oh. I haven't even got one thousand gold. You get yet. given a house if you commit. If you like, if you complete the wizard things, you get given the wizard, the boss wizard's room. It's, it's got to be. It's got to be. In, property prices are rocketing. <laughs> it's got to be in solitude, though. Otherwise, you can't <laughs> right, get the sure, yeah. <laughs> Well, the companion system is so obviously added in at the last minute because any dungeon that's full of traps, you can. There's pressure points on the floor that after sixty hours, I can now see from a mile away and always avoid. But Lydia. Because our AI routine isn't that sophisticated, because it was just plugged in at the last second, I think. 
she just runs into them repeatedly and um, I just uh, she died in a dungeon and I just left her there just stripped her of all her gear just left her there <laughs> lying, naked. lying yeah just lying in her, uh, in her underwear and, and just left her to rot in this pit what? but that's the thing there was no emotional stirring there because unlike other RPGs we have party members they don't have any dialogue or quests. They're just robots. They get little bits of dialogue, but that's, that's good, I think. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they kind of, You can keep them alive, because if they're losing in a battle, mm. they go down on one knee, don't they? And you yeah. Just, yeah. Usually they'll turn back yeah. up. Because enemies will, will stop attacking them if they go into that state. So if they die, it's probably because you've done it or they've walked So when trap. I was doing the end of the Winterhold <clears throat> stuff, my Lydia got... Um, Killed during a big battle with some magical anomalies. I like them, Dan. They're like big floating blue tadpoles. Can I wait for that? <laughs> and, uh, I don't like them. So she died, and then one of the other wizards who was with me on my side, like re, like re raised her as like a, a zombie type <laughs> thing that he controlled, and she had like glowing blue eyes, and yeah. he said she belonged to I think Phil, someone, whoever his name was. <laughs> And I, and I was sort of talking to her, like going, look, look, love, I know you're dead, but can I have that all that gear back? And she wasn't like answering me, obviously, because she was yeah, a she magical was... dead zombie. So <laughs> yeah. I had to wait for her to discombobulate to a pile of ashes and then root through my previous friend's ashes to get my sword back. At that point, I hadn't saved for a while, so I thought, yeah, that's that's that's, that's done. That's a good tip, actually. If you're ever in a, if you're ever fighting, or you you've done a bit and you can't be bothered to go into saving the menus, just click. Uh, Select whatever weight is, mm. and if you wait for an hour, it auto saves. Oh, that's a good tip. Yes, yeah, so it's much quicker if you're in dungeons. You just just wait yeah. an hour, and it also refills your stamina, well, your magic, and your yeah. health. Another little tip I'd on the subject of companions, uh, which is something Tim mentioned to me. If you give them a torch, um, they will take it out in the dark or in dungeons to help you see. That is yeah. so, yeah. I've been uh, using a lot of the uh, the companions where you can give them orders. You know, you talk to them. And then I've they never go, bothered trying. Oh that. no, no, it's brilliant because what you do is you say you talk to them. They go, "What shall I do, my lord?" or whatever, and you say, and but then whatever you point at, like they can do the context-sensitive actions that you would do. So, like if you look at an object, you can go pick that object up okay. and I literally use Lydia I stand at the entrance to doors and I just have her strip rooms so you go in there and I go because <laughs> you that, can't be that, bothered that, to, that. to I go, pick it up, pick it up well no because I think it's funny to see her desperately grabbing tomatoes <laughs> and cheese and bowls everything like I, I get her to pick like the um, so it's the, like full spectrum warrior but the shopping edition <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the castle is it white run where you the th- is it dragon's reach dragon's mm, reach she yeah. just got her to pick up everything in dragon's reach just clean I mean, it out. You, you married Lydia didn't you what? Uh, no, I, I didn't marry her. I was going to marry her. I married uh, Hagrid, the, un, the unflinching or whatever. <laughs> the butchest the butchers woman. Yeah, the, but, the butch Nord woman who specialises in hand, uh, what, fisty cuff I, th- I think you should get over your cat racism, Dan, and marry a cat person. Yeah, marry a Khajiit. At this present moment, that's never going to happen. <laughs> but who knows? My what, attitude's my laxon. What's cool is that in, in Skyrim, because like Cyrodiil, the setting of Oblivion, was like Europe. It's, it's cosmopolitan. It's all races living together. Skyrim, as part of the lore, is mostly Nords, and they're fighting. The Stormcloaks are fighting to make it all Nord. Do, do you think so they knew Game of Thrones was coming out when they started? Do you think there was any connection at all? Because it seems so they well... Can't, they can't have done, I mean... The, in the book, um, Skyrim must have been in development for a long time. Yeah, but the, book, the books have been around for a while, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And all the lore of Skyrim yeah. has been around, you know... Uh, since the original Elder Scrolls games, the so fact it, that it's I see for like big other regions that they haven't done yet. Like, could you yeah. guys guess which they'll do next? Yeah, yeah, well, the only the only places they haven't done yet are Hammerfell. Um, Hammerfell yeah, they no, the, done. The, the, yeah, you went to Hammerfell and Daggerfall, oh, yeah, and that's, that's like right. deserts and stuff. That's where the Red Guard are from. Yeah. but um, they haven't done Somerset Isle, which is where the elves are from, the High Elves. Oh, I think we'll add um, Somerset accents. Yeah. And, we, could, we, could, <laughs> we could get voice parts. And they haven't done um, they haven't done uh, the main. They've done an island of Morrowind, Vardenfell, but they haven't done actual Morrowind itself. So, but they have they have actually covered most of mm. Tamriel, which is the main continent. So there's not 
many places left. Do you, do you guys think it would have been good? Like, because Dark Souls is probably the other big RPG of the year. If they'd have included some sort of online element, so that you could, like, even if it's just like have one friend jump into your world for a bit, and you could go on a quest together and then naff off, would yeah, you? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, or if yeah. you could leave each other little. I, I love the idea of the, the people leaving each other notes <laughs> yeah. and stuff in Dark Souls. Hypothetically, provided one of them wasn't Tim the bungling murderer, <laughs> Andy, who would at a moment's breath strip me dead and leave me naked in a cave, um, Matt Castle would expect you to shop for him. Otherwise, I'm up for a, a share and care online. I think I think that would just break mm. that engine even more. Though, like adding an online element to that tech would just make it go. I suppose mad. like how would they but how would they balance the enemies as well? If you were like level thirty, yeah, yeah. Fable had a quite mm. good, race quite good, a reasonably interesting idea where you could have a second player in and you like hired them. So mm. like before they yeah. entered the game, you'd be like, listen, I'll give you a hundred gold if you like hang out with me for an hour, and they go, all right, and it was like a contract. Would the time limit be set like half an hour? Yeah, well, it was like a mission absolutely. thing. It was like if we I, do and do this mission, I'll tell you what, I'll what you. might work sort of along those lines. Um, and Capcom's next game is that um, Dogma, Dragon's, Dragon's Dogma. Dogma. And in that, what you can do is you can put your character on... Oh, you can put one of your pawns, which is like an NPC ally. You put them online and someone else can hire them. Now, if what they could do is you could put your Skyrim character online and say... I'm this. I've got this kit. Oh yeah, you're I'm build. This. Yeah, yeah. Contact, do you want? Do you want to hire? Do you want to hire my abuse. character? Do you want some hot lizard action? Yeah, <laughs> and and someone Cold could hire your character as like an NPC companion. Khajiit mage then, would love to meet um, <laughs> yeah. Nord Battle Mage. Although when GS you die, you could go back to your own axe. <laughs> That's a great idea. If you could put yeah. your build up and, and name you, it, you, you and, get yeah. money. You get money whenever your yeah. your character Let's gets hired. Renting your body. Let me enchant your staff. Think, think about that. It works on so that would work, but I, I don't think I don't think actual co-op multiplayer would actually work. I think, yeah. aside from the technical limitations, it would probably take away from the fact that it's meant to be your story. Mm. And I think you know, even you like being able to swap gear with each other, I guess you'd do it in balance it. But yeah, yeah. Especially if like when I was rolling <clears> with the guy who was I don't even know how the levels were like level fifty six or something, and they decided just to kill me because I had a shiny jewelry one. <laughs> that would really frustrate me. Because I don't, I have no power to stop him. Well, uh, sh- sharing more tales of uh, of Skyrim idiocy and embarrassment, we've all shared little stories about a, a shame. Today, uh, Tim sat and watched me uh, embarking on a little, and, and Andy as well, a little smithing. Smithing. Oh, yeah, this was absolutely that was, that was shameless. Yeah. He'd <laughs> read, he'd read a video, read a video, watched a video. Yeah, I saw a thing online where um, there's a there's a way of exploiting the crafting system where if you make hundreds of iron daggers like yes. actually physically make them in the game mm. yeah so yes. you, you you buy you in buy iron yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done that actually I've made a dagger you buy, buy a lot of um, you buy a lot of ore and then yeah. you wait 48 hours buy more ore from the blacksmith keep doing it till you've got a big pile leather of ore strips as well you need yeah, yeah. leather oh. strips and just keep building iron daggers for I'm going to give you an internet headline smock and ore a guide to crap smock work and ore. in Skyrim and yeah, and yeah this can pump I went up um, I went up four levels as a normal character it's, t- it's tips gold that is yeah, so it only costs you about a couple of thousand yeah, yeah all you need is a couple of thousand gold because you can sell the daggers back and um, it gets your smithing up to a hundred which lets you build the best armour in the game which is ah. better than any armour you get from drops or, and chests or anything see I, I just wouldn't do that I've done it. I don't think there's any point in cheating your way up. And like, it's not I'd, cheating. It's within it's the, the game. Yeah, I, I know it's within the That's game. My but guy it's silly, isn't it? It's silly. <laughs> my, my guy wouldn't do that. Yeah, my guy's a dick. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely. He eats my the hundred daggers. Yeah, he's like what he's like. I'm the sort the sort of guy who um, 
who just just wants to sort of wander around. I, I bulk at getting a horse. Oh, I've done. I've put it up for sixty hours. I bulk at getting a horse. It seems to send the engine into an absolute frenzy of the horse's legs clipping through all sorts. Yeah, of it's scenery. actually quite inviolable for climbing rocks and stuff because the horse can get up elevation that your legs can't so I think actually in, in like 25 like hours life. of play I've right. only had two disastrous fatal crashes which required the machine to be switched off at the mains yeah but one of the things that I actually I got, I got out of it so again like Matt was saying it's not actually a big deal and you shouldn't really complain about it but I fell down like a crevasse where such was the geometry that my character could neither turn nor jump or even look in so any direction well so, I, well, <laughs> so the obvious answer is like quick travel out of there right yeah. and you'll be fine <clears throat> Except there was an enormous bear trying to pour its way into the crevasse. <laughs> and so, can't the game, so the game's going, yeah, no travel for you, Sonny Jim. So I just had, to, I sat there in real life waiting for the bear to eventually, which it did, to be fair, it did leave. Have seen that I, video don't, I don't like those bit. bears. Those bears, like, I, I got, I was just sort of wandering along in the middle of the night in between locations. Heard this growl, got savaged by a bear. Of course it killed me. Wasn't <laughs> expecting it. Then the next load screen, it was as if the game was taking the piss out of me because it said, bears in Skyrim are fierce <laughs> creatures but won't attack unless they're provoked. So I was like, I'm just wandering along, maybe you've just been, minding my own maybe business. Maybe you been walking provocatively, yeah. Andy. That's <laughs> oh, what I'm saying. Do you have meat, <laughs> meat in your pocket? I was wearing those meat, that meat armour. Oh, not the meat, <laughs> so the meat trousers. Have been to do particularly with it, yeah. suggestive elven skirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Matt, what were you saying? No, I was just going to say, I saw this video that had me hooting earlier today of uh, a guy, who, it was a PC glitch, I think, where he freezes a bear and it begins to roll because it's like a solid <laughs> object, so it begins to roll down well, the mountain. It's not a glitch, that. If, you mm. know, if you froze a bear solid, it just rolled yeah, down a hill, wouldn't it? It's so, just physics. But, but it starts, bou- but it starts bouncing, and, and for some reason, but it starts bouncing, and with each bounce, oh, the it's, going higher. Yeah, the it's going higher and higher <laughs> until it's actually bouncing up into the sky. And then it just starts spinning around yeah, and around. That would happen as well. If you, if, you <laughs> look at, if you look online on YouTube, for bear rolling in oblivion oh, right. you'll find that because people actually that, did actually, people thing? actually did that they yeah. they went to the top of a, a really steep <laughs> slope and you can do this in Skyrim yeah. go to the top of a really steep slope wait for a bear or, or another animal to come and attack you then you hit them with the paralyzed spell yeah and they just go like like this, or they put their paws up, go <laughs> stiff, and start rolling down the hill. Oh, I didn't know that. Who's um who's got a dog in Skyrim? I didn't even know there were mm. dogs. Yeah. Dead right, there is. Yeah, I hired a dog outside of a Markarth. Markarth. Yeah, he's called like Vigilance. A, a rent they, a dog stable. He's by the stable, and they deliberately have drawn the dog with like lovely sort of like glistening eyes and a big like happy face. And he's a war dog. He's a working dog. So he'd come <laughs> in the dungeons with you. Me and the cat would go travelling off with the dog. And <coughs> is, there not, is there not a tension between them? No, they were fine. Yeah, yeah it turns out that's a complete myth. They got on, they got on absolutely fine. Or, well, I, or so I thought, because I got so into the game and the dungeon I was doing, and the dog yeah. would yap and it would fight stuff and it would come back to you, and it was, it was good fun to have around. And then I suddenly realised. I was like for three hours I thought I haven't heard that dog bark and at some point the dog had been brutally torn apart by monsters and me it's, it's feckless owner hadn't even noticed it had died like, much less buried the body Could luckily, be well luckily it wasn't carrying anything otherwise I would have grieved for it But can it wear the crown <clears throat> no you can't sadly you can't give the dog anything there is like a talking dog yeah. to be found in the game if you want to find the, here's a little hint I won't say any specifics but if you want to find the talking dog which starts off a very fun and weird quest go to Falk Reef or Falk Reach, whatever it's called. Falk Reach. Falk Falk Reach, um, talk to the blacksmith and he'll mention a dog. Follow that quest line. Talking dog. Yeah. He talks like a a New York cabbie. He goes, hey, buddy, what you doing out in the woods? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a talking dog. And as we all know, talking dogs all have British accents, hence the inconsistency (laughs) that ruins the game. (laughs) There are are moments where it's very stupid, I'll admit. (laughs) 
Okay, in this final section of the Skyrim special, we're going to offer a few uh, little tips that we've either come across or heard about while we've been playing the game that might help you uh, get an edge uh, when you sort of with the tougher fights and with getting the better kit. Uh, Tim, you've you've uh, found a few of these, haven't you? Yeah, well, I've been scouring like the the Reddit subreddit for Skyrim. There's tons of good stuff on there, so I'll, I'll sort of cull a few of the better ones, and people sort of jump in where they think they're a good tip or or not, I guess. So one of the first ones when you when you first start exploring and you get obviously you're being sent across all around the world, and some you, you want to wander about because you'll discover more locations that'll make the quick travelling easier. But if you need to get to a major city that's completely on the other side, you'll find outside all the big uh, towns like White Run and um, Falkreath, there will always be a stables and if yeah. you get on the wagon there you can pay the man 50 gold he'll take you to places other big cities you haven't yeah. been so if you pick yeah. the nearest big city mm. to where you want to go that can cut out quite a bit of that trudgery yeah. but, early but really I'd, I'd recommend personally to ride there yourself because you'll Mm. you'll pick up more fast travel points along the way you will do will, yeah it'll make it easier for it's kind around. of if you're in a rush really and there's yeah, something yeah. you haven't explored yeah. or, on the other side of or the if map. if you were saying before as well it's always quite handy to have a city as a base for exploring yeah so because if you you can go back to a city and buy all the kit or flog all the kit if you get over and come go back to your house if so you got it's one. you know it's, yeah. it's a handy little tip for starting out yeah so my next tip is a tip for mages i'm obviously going down that route and sometimes I've, I was finding the combat quite hard with the, the monsters levelling sometimes at the similar rate to I have but the, the breakthrough I've had recently is investing in the double cast with um, single impact type spells like Firebolt um, if you cast that out of both hands and you get the impact perk it staggers every anim- enemy every single time so even a dragon it will knock back and oh, if, wow. regardless of what they're doing if they're like casting a spell or breathing it will immediately handy, knock yeah. them out of it so even on boss characters I've found like provided you've got decent magicka you can just spam it and spam it and spam it and if you run out drop a potion or whatever and that's, yeah. it's made the combat the, miles the easier only and dealing with mobs as well the only drawback being if you miss you might be in trouble <laughs> yeah then it's time to start running well here's a, here's a little <laughs> one quickly that I just, I just thought of um, there's a bit in the story where it takes you to a place called Skyhaven Temple which is um I won't say what it is or anything, but basically when you get there, search around because there's a tiny little room hidden in the back that the story never tells you to go to. It's not even lit. You're going to have to use like a candlelight spell or a torch. Uh, it's full of armor uh, and it's full, it's got a special sword in there called Dragon Bane that does 20 more points to uh, dragons and does critical hits against them. So even now, it's not that powerful as a regular weapon, but whenever a dragon comes, I whip out the old Dragon Bane and um, it absolutely bosses Where, whereabouts a dragon whereabouts is it on the map that temple um, you, roughly you can only get there it's locked until you do a certain story mission um, when you meet Esburn the mission after that um, so find the sword because it is invaluable against the old dragons you can see Tim writing down Sky I've literally Haven. written that down on the tonight's to do uh, list yeah so another another thing which is obvious if you've been playing it for a bit but might not be if you're new is that it, it, you know, when you level up you can obviously choose to improve your health your your magic or your stamina and I think if you're anything like me you won't have bothered with the stamina early on but what I didn't realise was it improves your carry capacity every time you yeah. upgrade that <clears> so it's you can <throat> carry a lot more yeah. stuff um, just one one beginner's tip that wasn't immediately obvious to me is that um, if you if you are doing alchemy which you really should like everyone goes oh picking flowers and stuff it's no good seriously the, if you when, once you get good at it it's it's really really powerful uh, you can poison any weapon you own. So you can poison arrows, you can poison axes, just by applying, you just you select the potion and hit the select button and it it, it poisons whatever weapon Those you've got selected. Those ingredients by and large don't weigh much either, so you can just no. hoover it all up. Just, just when you're wandering around, just <clears> pick it all up, 
just and whenever you see an alchemy bench just do it it levels you up quicker and you get a, a coat full of really quite nasty poisons and eat I, everything I pick up flowers from the fields and yeah, make my potatoes, weapons yeah. carrots but you, sh- you should eat them yeah. all because that will always show you that they all have four effects from mm. when you're blending stuff right. the first one you have to yeah. eat like human flesh and dog yeah, yeah I ate some human flesh last yeah. night and you then learn about their abilities <laughs> yeah is it like when you burn the clothes to learn magic yeah, yeah or you break a weapon to find out it's enchantment yeah, yeah. So another tip is if you, going back to your bed problems, Dan, if you sleep in a bed, you'll get rested <laughs> status, which means the next day you'll earn extra XP. And if oh. it's a bed you earn, you own, not earn, you'll get a, even more XP because you'll get a well-rested status, but you can't if you're a werewolf because you're never rested. Yeah. You can get well-rested in a, in a bed that you buy from an inn. Is that right? If yeah. you own the bed, yeah. Yeah, or one yeah, I guess your that house. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. So another one is if you're trying to track down more... Uh, dragon shout word wall thingies um, there's two ways to find out the location of a new one one is to go and see the boss of the greybeards who's got a name Argenia Angia yeah he'll always yeah. give you a new side quest to find a new uh, dragon word or if you use your shout in a town the the local guards won't like it but they won't usually kick off as long as it's a, like a non-violent one and a bit later, a courier will arrive with a letter, and the letter will always be a side quest that will take you to you another see, Dragonwood. I I did that by accident last night. I was in Whiterun, just got there, and I was, my time was limited because I was just stopping there to drop some stuff off at my house that was going to sell later. And um, a, a courier came up to me when I was there and just sort of gave me a note and just stood in front of me, and I hit the the bumper to run, what I thought was run, to my house. <laughs> a dragon shout I, it was the fro- freeze one so it froze him and he fell over <laughs> and he got up and he was all sad and started running away from me <laughs> but, but no, no one took I got no, that. I got no love for the Royal Mail so if, if you get if you get if you get caught stealing as well watch out because uh, randomly a group of three mercenaries will sit, be sent after you excitingly Dan, uh, not Dan Andy I have a stealing tip for you oh really which is if you hold down the X button when you pick up an item to look at it you can also move the object and if you move it then to like a room where no one else is, you can uh, just yeah. steal pretty much with impunity. Oh, yeah. or, you, or you can pick up a, this is a thing you would have seen online, you pick up a basket and pop it on an NPC's head and it obscures their vision. You that, is, just, that is yeah. quite difficult to do. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you, yeah. few times, Staying, you've got to grab it at the right angle. Staying on the robbing mode, if because if you do training with people, that will level you up quite quickly as well and obviously get you access to better perks quicker. But once you've trained with someone and give them they're quite expensive a load of your cash you can pickpocket the money back off that person if you've got a decent pickpocketing skill or if um, a good example to do this is you know Feindal the archer you can pick up in Riverwood he can train you in archery and you can just go into his inventory to organise his stuff and take all your money back repeat so you can oh because you, then you tell him you want him to be your pal yeah oh, nice. <laughs> that is good some friend. <laughs> what, what, what I do when I'm trading, actually, because you know, you didn't strip dead. And be dead. <laughs> He's, He's a lucky fight. one. <laughs> he, uh, what, what I do when I'm when I'm trading as well, which it might sort of work for when you're mid level. Um, merchants only have a certain amount of money, but you might be over encumbered, or you might have a lot of crap that you just want to get rid of. Try and balance it out when you're trading with them. So once once you've depleted all their money by selling your stuff, buy quite sort of expensive items from them like soul gems and stuff that you know you're going to use later on and just try and balance it out so you get rid of all your crap and you get money and a 
a few useful items as or well. If you, if you do really two helpful. full weights, 24-hour weights as well, the inventory refreshes. So it's, it's quite laborious waiting two days every time mm. they run out of money, but that's another way of doing it. My final tip is if you're ever fighting like a mage-type character here, summoning Atronox or other things, never bother fighting the thing they've summoned yeah. because if you kill them, yeah, the, summon, the summon thing yeah. will die. Yeah, just go straight, straight away, for yeah. the summoner. Like those uh, Drago Scot- Scourges. Yeah, they're mean, quite tricky as well. Yeah, just ignore the ice thing they summon and just kill the skeleton, man. Yeah. I have a tip request. Do you... Um, can you... Uh, yeah, well, I'm, stu- well, no, I'm just not uh, stuck. It's one pound a minute, man. <laughs> can, uh, can you change your face paint in it? No. At the start, oh, yeah. So what have you done? Drawn like a. Oh, he's got no. I thought it was really funny. I gave, I gave him this. I gave him this smear of like yellow around his mouth because I thought it was like custard. I was like, hee hee hee. This will make for a funny <laughs> screenshot. But now every time I go into third person to like look at my new gear, You've got I've got this big, stupid, horrible yellow smear around my mouth, and I just, I'm really annoyed about it. I, <laughs> let, let that be a lesson. It always happens. Oh. You what you, See, what you could do? Face edit a menu. Yeah, well, you got it wrong, man. Like, what you <laughs> can change it for all time. What you could do if you join like the Dark Brotherhood, or you could probably buy it anyways. Get one of those. Like, Cows with a mask. Yeah, to hide yeah. It. Well, I'm gonna have to get. I'm to wear a mask. You need one of those masks, masks yeah. like, to hide like, uh, my horrific custard mouth. Yeah. I look like Doctor Demon. <laughs> Don't look at yeah. me. <laughs> Don't look at me. Everyone's racist to me as well, incidentally, because I'm a wood elf. Yeah, they don't like Bosmer and us. They all hate. Uh, they all. They, say, they all go. They all go. Oh, you look a bit funny, or you look a bit ill because I've got this. Like well, you yeah, look I, a bit funny compared to the walking. I know, but I've got no. I've got. I've got like, they get a bad. They get a hard times. So or anyone that's not on orders gets really yeah. racially I've, get, I've got. I've got like yellowish skin, and they all go, "What's wrong with your skin?" And you know, well, you look sick. You know what? No, you no, no. That, you've probably got an actual disease. You picked yeah. up. Oh, because really? if you've got a disease, people will say to you, you're well, I haven't got. How can you tell? You've like, got, got you, to, oh, that's a, I guess that's a good How tip. could you yeah, accidentally you get a disease? I've not met anyone. You, you get them fighting. Yeah. Unless what? I got it from a fox. Uh, it's it's you you walk over the wrong plant and it'll give you like. Yeah. Or a bear bite shoot. Rock ball or whatever. Yeah. It comes Isn't up there a noise. It comes up. Yeah, it up a little message. All right. But to check if you've got a disease, go to magic, go to active effects and scroll down the menu. If you go to like a shrine, you can get. Yeah, I just thought they would hate it. Go to that temple in Whiterun and you'll. Because I touch, the, t- touch the shrine and it'll whatever, cure yeah. all your diseases. Really? Because I got that, and it, I thought everyone was being really rude to me because I've made a really ugly you character or something. Well. Yeah. going, you look ill, you know. And I, I, was, was going, I thought it was like a racial <laughs> thing. No, but there, there are <laughs> a few players that one of the weird classes <laughs> the you do get. Uh, thing. I thought it was my custard mouth. <laughs> Certain dialogue does give you racial <laughs> like, marks if you go like an Argonian. I like it now that I'm the Archmage. People refer to me as the Archmage. That's pretty sweet. If you go work with the Stormcloaks, they give you a they give you better nicknames as you do more stuff than. So I'm like a Stormblade or something. So that the guards go, Stormblade? Nice to see you, Stormblade. <laughs> oh, that is pretty cool. <laughs> and um, on that, we will... Uh, <laughs> yeah. on, on that, on that, that proud moment. Yeah, <laughs> proud note. We will uh, we'll bring this uh, podcast to an end. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. If, uh, if you want to join in and tell us your Skyrim stories, then visit us. Uh, we're on Twitter at Xbox World Mag. Uh, we've also got a Facebook group, which is uh, Xbox World. And um, email is at xbw@futurenet.com. Uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Ooh.